0: You're listening to the Sagas and Sass podcast. This episode features audio from a previously aired live video webcast. sagas and sass season three i'm tara along with fellow hosts nick jonathan and nami this episode will cover parts one through three of the gilded wolves the first installment in roshani chakshi's gilded wolves trilogy
1: if you're watching us live join us in the chat or after the fact follow us on facebook instagram and twitter at sagas and sass to continue the conversation
2: and just a reminder the views expressed in this show are those of the host's individuals and do not necessarily represent the show as a whole And also, Nami should have definitely covered how to pronounce the author's name before we started.
0: Oh, yeah. I was just kind of winging it.
2: It's okay. It's Roshni Chokshi.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. Roshni Chokshi. Thank you. That
0: was really good.
1: Well, welcome back to your regularly scheduled sagas and sass episodes. While we have left the Books of Babel and their physical tower behind, the lure of Babel truly is strong this season as we dive into Roshni Chokshi's Gilded Wolves trilogy. The Gilded Wolves throws us right into its world, that being Paris in 1889, but a very different Paris than the one we know in real life, IRL, because in this world there is a magic system called forging, a system that apparently derives its power from some sort of fragments that came from the destroyed Tower of Babel. Forging is described as a power of creation rivaled only by the work of God, and Maybe it's just because we met meet a bunch of prodigies right off the bat, but it really does seem like those with a forging affinity can create almost anything. But hey, that's the magic system stuff that we'll hopefully, probably, learn more about later. For now, it's time to meet our main cast of characters. While the book's prologue introduces us to the head of House Core, one of the houses of the Order of Babel, the order that is supposedly charged with keeping the aforementioned fragments safe, and we witness her VIR, very important ring, getting stolen. She's not part of our trusty new crows. I mean crew. Sorry, not sorry. We had to throw in a Grishaverse reference there. First up is Severin and Enrique, who are in the midst of um, acquiring, aka stealing, let's be real, a compass that may or may not contain a treasure map. We learn quite a few things about these two. Severin is the last member of House Vanth, though he was cheated of his position as head of that house, which was then declared extinct. Severin wants nothing more, or rather almost nothing more, than to take back his birthright. While Enrique doesn't have forging abilities, he is a genius in his own right, and an extremely knowledgeable historian. Unfortunately, as someone who is half Filipino and half Spanish, and therefore doesn't really fit into either of those worlds, his personal history has been somewhat fraught.
2: As our new heroes, or perhaps anti-heroes, attempt to steal the compass, they run into a couple snags, including Severin nearly losing his arm to a forged bear guard thing. But in the end, they acquire said compass, which does in fact contain, well, if not a map, something clearly important. But before we can learn what it is, we have several more people to meet. Layla is a dancer, baker, and candlestick m- all right, all right, that's a dumb joke. I'll stop now. But anyway, she's basically mom friend extreme and also happens to be really good at just getting things done, including at this point making sure that a house corey, core, corey, courier, wow, I hated that word combination, <laughs> receives an invitation to a party so that the group can later utilize him as part of their plan. Because you gotta love when unconnected details just come back and it's like, whoop, always in the plan. Zophia, meanwhile, is the engineer of the group. A cookie-loving savant who struggles with human interaction, but whose forging skills might be unmatched. She was expelled from, insert French school here, because I, <laughs> no. École de Beaux-Arts. Excuse you? <laughs> <laughs> this is why I never bothered to learn French. My mouth does not make those noises. I would rather Mandarin before French. <laughs> she was there. expelled from what Tara said. Insert, insert Tara voice here. <laughs> but Severin took her in, and while she doesn't like having to lie to her sister Hila, who is relegated to Nanny for some of their relatives back home, she is working hard to gain autonomy for herself and her sibling. Finally, we may never get a Tristan POV chapter, but he's an important member as well, with powerful forging abilities of his own and a long history with Severin as they grew up together in a series of real heckin' terrible foster homes. Okay, but now, now that we know our main cast of characters, back to the story. Severin and Enrique and Lila and Sophia and Tristan work together to puzzle out the compass. Though it is through Enrique and Sophia's teamwork that its true secret is finally revealed. It shows that an object called the Eye of Horus can be used to suss out the location of a Babel fragment.
0: Ho! Oh. Unfortunately, the owner of the compass, Hypnos, a childhood friend of sorts, of Severin, who is now the head of House Nyx, tricks Severin into admitting that he stole it and into thinking that Layla, Zofia, and Tristan have been captured. P.S. They haven't. But in that moment, Severin believes he has no choice other than to enter into a binding agreement with Hypnos to help him obtain the Eye of Horus. Though in exchange, Hypnos promises to re-administer the inheritance test and thus reinstate Severin as head of House Dan. And thus begins what seems to be the true heist of this book, which involves a party at the Palais des Rèves, opera house, an interrogation of House Corps' courier, the theft of yet another artifact from the Exposition Universelle, a sort of Order of Babel-hosted World's Fair for lack of a better description, and finally everything coming together, hopefully, at House Corps' Spring Festival celebration, where the goal is to acquire the Eye of Horace without, you know, tipping anybody off. Granted, even leading up to the festival, things don't quite Go as planned, considering Enrique and Zofia are attacked by some bumblebee pin wearing dude with a weaponized hat when they are gathering the aforementioned artifact from the exposition. Not to mention Tristan constantly bugging Severin about how much he just doesn't like this whole plan. But with the promise Hypnos extracted, Severin doesn't really have much of a choice here, so off to the festival they all go. Granted, Things get pretty dicey at the party. It's a lot of, will they, won't they? And no, I'm not talking about Severin plus Layla here. We'll get into that later. Basically, not a single part of their plan goes as, well, planned. Though eventually, they do, in fact, acquire the Eye of Horus. But this acquisition comes at the expense of one of their group, as a man named Bear. Someone who Severin, Zafia, and Hypnos all met at some point that night has captured Tristan. Rouge takes the Eye of Horus and tells them they have three days to bring him Hypnos' Babel Ring. And that, dear listeners, is where we leave these characters as we dive into our first Gilded Wolves discussion. Wow, so much French. <laughs> Almost like it's said in Paris. I did better, yeah, I did better at pronouncing the French shit than I did speaking English words just then, let's be Honestly, <laughs> like,
2: hey, okay, at least you've got one language down, and I think that's all that really matters.
0: Oh, yeah. We're covering about two-thirds of this book, which I, like, I hate splitting it up so unevenly. Part three does leave us on quite a cliffhanger, which is also kind of fun. I wanted to just start by calling out the similarities to the Crows and the Six of Crows duology. And, and part of this, part of my reasoning for this is because I like searching for summaries and discussion points and seeing what other people have said so that I don't make a total ass of myself when trying to come up with things for us to really hit on in our discussions. But anyway, th- there was a lot of comparisons to Six of Crows, which I get uh, because again, similarities are there. they are a group of misfits or outcasts trying to steal important things from presumably bad or at least not good people in order to better their own lives. And also, Severin runs a hotel, just like a... Jesus' name I'm blanking on. Kaz, Kaz thank you. I was, was going to say Baz, and I was like, no, no, no. We're <laughs> not talking about Baz Lerman here. That's not right. Yeah,
1: Baz Lerman. <laughs> the famous pro. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I think think for me the funniest thing is that like you know before Six of Crows like the heist genre of YA books was not really there so it makes sense after Six of Crows for anything else that's also YA and a heist to get compared to Six of Crows and I guess the other main comparison I would say that I picked up on was that like the main broody broody um white boy or in um or in Severin's case, seemingly white boy, but not white enough boy. Um, is And the uh, second-in-command brown girl are, like, love interests. And so that was the other, like, ha, huh, that's pretty funny to me. But, like, I think it was so funny to, like, see people comparing it because it's also, like, very much like a marketing thing that, like, yeah. you know, people, like, put Six of Crows on there because Six of Crows did so well, when in actuality, it's, like very like surface level similarities and then once mm-hmm. you get into the actual story like the type of adventure and things that are happening are like completely different
0: yeah yeah i mean and also I motivations as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. um you know kaz is basically out for revenge I, I don't want to talk too much about this i really just wanted to touch on it but you know yeah there's, there's definitely different motivations uh totally different magic system it's oh and not to forget like heist vibes generally six of crows is what
2: national tre sorry six of crows is oceans uh, oceans 11 and this is
0: national treasure like <laughs> <fun laughs> genres, guys like get it right yeah jeez love it <laughs> go yeah. watch national treasure again if you don't know what we're ta- or for the first time if you don't know what we're talking about <laughs> or whatever <laughs> To of <laughs> it's family history, y'all. Uh, <laughs> okay, so on that note, how do we feel about the characters so far? I wrote just, you know, obviously brief descriptions in the summary, but I also started writing brief descriptions in our discussion points and didn't finish because I kept going back and forth. So my, my brief descriptions... <laughs> Are very br- are briefer for more brief for some than they are for others. Severin, emo boy with an I. <laughs> Layla, mom friend. Enrique, just trying real hard and also kind of flawless. Sophia, on the spectrum, do we think she's stereotyped? Tristan, introverted animal lover. Hypnos, aka, I want to be part of your crew so, bla- so bad. Please let me in. <laughs>
2: Um, I thought it was the easiest one, so or rather, in, in technically the hardest one, because I think that's Sophia. In that, I thought she was well written, but I also I don't think any of us here are on the spectrum, so I don't really think that any of us can really say if she is good rep or not. Um, right.
0: And I, mean, I the it's, only it's reason a, I made note of that was because I thought she was well written too, but then. You know, I, I read a review where it meant, like it said, she was stereotyped. And there was no build on, on what they said. It just said that she was stereotyped. So there was no personal reasoning or experience. It just was like that statement. So I was like, oh, shoot. I mean, yeah. I don't want to assume she's not stereotyped now. So yeah, <laughs> for my
2: thing, it I, I'm like, y- you look at the whole spectrum and I put like my toe in the water. That's where I'm at. Like, like my toe is slightly in the water, but I'm, I still can't really comment on this, but I, I would also like, like to see like the thoughts about other autistic individuals and see like what they think, because like, as far as my little experience, it seems like it could be genuine, but also like everybody's experiences are different. And I don't know, I'd be interested to find out. I do think she's charming and lovely. And whenever she doesn't get a joke, I just want to, I just want to squish her.
0: I think like her own introspection is what I, I definitely, I definitely see some of that awkwardness in, you know, friends I've had who I know are on the spectrum, but like, I can't, obviously I can't speak to their introspection and I don't have any of my own, you know, in that respect. So it's it's I would definitely be interested in finding somebody who is who has read these books or will read these books and is willing to talk about it because I feel like the author did a really good job with the other characters, but also def like there's definite obvious experience um of like with Enrique of the the being part of both worlds but maybe not I feel like she probably had a lot more personal experience with that but I don't beyond that there's not much out there about the author to know you know what her experience with everything else was but I do like Zofia a lot so
2: ah okay she's she's might, she might be Filipino. my fave
0: <laughs> she's half Filipino and half Indian okay I, I was gonna say half Indian half Filipino but then I was like oh no I'm not, like, I don't want to say it wrong <laughs>
2: I love Sophia. She's just like, like even beyond like the like spectrum stuff. She's just like such a quintessential like nerd who doesn't get it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That I just enjoyed her a lot. As someone who was formerly a nerd who didn't get it, but is now a nerd who does get it, but still accidentally like steps directly into dirty jokes. Like I understand. And I- my
0: problem always was that I was like the nerd who. Did get it, but usually the jokes came at my expense. For most mm-hmm. of my you know, life, that's yeah. my now, but that's because I do things
2: like I'll see somebody eating chicken on a stick, and I'll be like, "Oh wow, that's a great meat stick!" And I won't think about it, and people are just like, <laughs> come, on, "Come on!" And I'm like, "What do you mean? It's a great meat stick. Lovely meat." Oh,
0: this was a conversation I had with a coworker last week. So I don't know, Nick. What are what are your thoughts on Zafia?
1: Um, I think similar to what Nami was saying, like I I really enjoyed her as a character. I don't feel like I can comment on spectrum aspects, uh, but I enjoy her. I want to protect her and uh, she is a delight.
0: And she's also Jewish and Mm -hmm. uh, I, I believe Polish- I think so. I, I'm I'm pretty sure she's Polish. I know that when they when they get handed their roles for the festival, she has to be Russian and she's pissed about it.
2: Because <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah. that Severin has a comment about being like, And then I met this little Polish girl and it was like, What the fuck? She likes setting
0: things on fire. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it like I wouldn't I'm call her a pyro terrible. either though. I think that's just like a I think that's just part of her powers, right? It's something that she 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 for one second lost control of and now she feels like she has to be in control of it always because that one moment of losing control of it when she was upset because her fellow students bullied the shit out of her in like this awful way uh you know oh yeah, no no I, I wasn't talking bit. about that i
2: was just talking about the fact that she makes bombs
0: oh 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 yeah <laughs> amongst many other things <laughs> amongst many other things It's such a diverse group i think the only one we don't really know anything about other than basic looks description is tris well and, and you know obviously his like affinity for animals is tristan animals and plants i guess but wait hey, hey, tristan's the token white boy yeah, I mean, really, um, which is fun because usually it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know that Severin is, I guess you could, I don't like this term, but you could use the term passing because he is half... Algerian. I, yeah, I know, I know. But I think that might, I, I couldn't remember if that was something that's revealed in the this part of the book. It um, is, don't right. worry. Like, okay. Yeah, I... I rewrite it all today. And I don't know. I don't know that it's really like a spoiler because we know he's definitely half something that's not like, like some race that's not white. But, um, yeah, it's not, so it's not really a spoiler, but yeah. So, and then obviously Enrique and, and Layla is Indian. Indian. Okay. I, I, it's, like, Indian, but then they're I, – again, I I had, like, these things in my mind of this person is this, this person is this, this person is this. And then I read some, some reviews and stuff, and I'm like, wait a minute. Am I wrong? Layla especially. There was something about Layla's dancing that was, like, saying she – cultural appropriation. Dude, she's a buddhist dancer from India. I'm gonna fucking fight someone, yeah. I so that was like that was confusing to me because I was like, wait, how could you culture how could you appropriate your own culture? But maybe <laughs> <body laughs> I'm wrong, not-
2: Indian woman.
0: Sit your asses down <laughs> when I think they, were, they, they knew that she wasn't like the person that wrote this knew that she wasn't white, right? They knew that. That she was of like. Please like link me rage. to this review so I yeah, can also find rage it. quit at the, what the fuck. And maybe maybe I misconstrued what they what they were saying, but I don't think I. Okay, did. anyway maybe
2: the only thing I can think of. Let me see. I have to Google something. But on that, uh, while you're while you're Googling away, uh, Oh, even that one doesn't work. Okay, the most I could think of is that. She mentions being like from Pondicherry, which is an area of India. And I'm like, I'm pretty oh. sure is this is South Indian. But if this is North Indian, I could it could kind of make sense because Bharat is very South Indian. But no, it's from fucking Fenil Nadu. That's South Indian. I don't understand
0: yeah i'll 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 have to link you to it but anyway yeah. so so so, Sorry. how do we feel how do we no it's okay it's okay i i know i'm i'm asking you these questions because like i knew of anybody you would at least have the fucking caucasity yeah
1: <laughs> the caucasity i'm
2: literally, yes. I'm literally indian and I did
0: read Like,
2: um But I'm see, sorry. like what the,
0: like what I just said made you like rethink something for a second, right? Because like I wasn't when I was, well, hey, if I you was didn't reading
2: know it, like if you didn't know that, you'd be like, what the fuck? Oh, this must be true. But like as somebody who is Indian, who is classically trained in butnatium, whose mother grew up doing buttonatium in India, in India, whose whole like that whole side of my family dances, like
0: not quite, bud. Yeah. Well, and, and again, like I could have misread or misconstrued what they were saying, because obviously like when I was, before I read that stuff online, it was pretty freaking obvious that her not being happy with having to do this dance was because it was like putting on like a, like a costume party, like Just for people's entertainment, and it was removing the true meaning and beauty and everything behind this dance, right? So I think that the author did a really great job of showing that that was what it was. But then I read this and I was like, "Oh shit, did I get this wrong? Like, I don't know enough about Indian culture, particularly, especially Indian dance
2: culture." That was like on on point, like to the point where I have. um, So I am classically trained in Bharatnatyam. I have learned and danced a a Jati Swaram, I like all of that like spoke to me on a level that I never expected to be seen so clearly in a book. And, like, her whole comments about, like, how, like, her hair isn't right, how this costume isn't right, how it was all just, like, a costume for the West to view, like, the exoticness of Indian culture, like, all of that. I was like, yep, yep, there it is. That's why I don't like showing people that I know this dance, because then they're just like, oh, it's, like, weird Asian shit. Or, oh, why don't you make it sexy? Like, it's not supposed to be sexy. Like, it's, like, it's very, like, rooted in, like, prayer and, like... Spirituality and like stuff like that, and like I'm not a super religious person, but I still like like that aspect of dance, like still just like. I'm making. I'm trying to make like some sort of like clicking coming together hand motion, yeah. but it's just <laughs> making sure grab claw hands at myself, and yeah, no, I I've never felt more seen in a like passage ever and also just the moment where she's like Jati Swan but play it faster I was like bitch you did not because <laughs> cause, cause those musicians write it real fucking fast and like she describes the opening pose that she goes into and I'm like I was able to like do the dance and follow it along in her head like like in her narration I was able That's to amazing yeah um I can tell that Roshni had danced I I'm a bet, I'm a bet my beans on it. Like she or some a close woman in her family does, Bernadium and she asks them about this shit.
1: Well, so, as yeah. so, well, so, you
2: can tell,
0: Layla's absolutely my favorite. Yeah. I love Layla. I do. I identify with the mom friend thing. Nick, you, you haven't had much to say on this yet because you didn't read the thing that I read and also don't know the dancing like Nami does. But so, the maid, how do you feel about the? Like she's like a made person with an expiration date.
1: I don't know. It's interesting. I'm still like, that's a part that I'm still kind of letting the settle in me. Cause so I, I just finished reading the, mm-hmm. the sections. My schedule has been crazy. So it's, it's kind of just like, still like, this is interesting. I want to know more about that
0: yeah, I mean, it's it's very the description of it so far is pretty vague. you know, yeah. we we know that her her parents uh, had a stillbirth, and they went to, I don't know what the best English term for him would be, and I, I could not pronounce, to be honest, the word that they use for him, but they they go to this man who creates a person for them. It's very vague as to so whether there were like dark arts involved. I know that her mother doesn't never felt that way about her, but her father, you know, whether he did from the beginning or whether he just got jaded about it as time went on is is unclear. And and I obviously there's a lot of the you know she's got this big seam scar up her back and she's very self conscious about that and there's with her there's a lot of hiding behind masks and being you know la the the enigma basically the mystery
2: how you say that. French, why does French sound like yours? It might be more like it might be
0: more like le, me. I'd have to look at the word again. It's been it's been a long time since I had to actually speak French, so it might be Leningay. It depends on where the accents are, but it's yeah, it's 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 somewhere it's me or Lening me. Is French okay? Out. I
2: feel like I feel like French as a language is like swallowing half of the syllables. It's
0: not as bad as German because I, I I know that as well. Yeah. So yeah I. That whole realm of European
2: languages can bite me. I will not be <laughs> trying again.
0: But, you know, so she she wears these masks and costumes, and she is only herself around our little group of, do we call them wolves? Like, this book is the Gilded Wolves, and it's the Gilded Wolves trilogy, but the wolves thing doesn't come in. In the first two thirds of the book, so I'm so like calling it a group or a crew or a team is like this is lame. Where's a good? Like-
2: all of the friends because they're all friends except for Hypnos, who's all, who's the "Let Me In" meme on the side. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let Me In. <laughs> Please, Who wants to be friends. But. Oh, my God. I mean, I, I like, I love Layla a lot. I love that she's very much an artist, like, from beginning to end, right? Mm-hmm. The dancing, the, the um, she has, she might not make her costumes, but she certainly, she certainly, uh, like, design, designed, like designs them. Designs them, yeah. You know, she she yeah, has I a have like, I have, like, a, like, little,
2: like, historical fangirl moment when they were, they, like, say that her, um... Couturier is the House of Worth, and they say that her gown is the Ironworks gown, because that's a real gown. I mean, obviously, it does not then transform at touch to be floral, but but the actual, like, Ironwork gown by Worth. I'm planning on remaking this gown, because it's for a Layla cosplay. I mean, what?
1: No way?
0: Me? <laughs> no. No way.
2: Not and I, mean I love.
0: Never. I love how she like lets her stress out by baking. I do definitely identify with that. <laughs> <laughs> I identify with mom friend and and like cooking slash baking for sure. Yeah, I I identified with um mom
2: friend and also the friend who does artistic thing but refuses to do it as a job because then she's going to get mad at it. That was like that was such a move. She's like she's like part of the 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 moment where she's like part of like this is fun cuz it's a
0: hobby. If I was the official chef, I would fucking hate this and I'm like yeah, that's a move. Also, she's also time... despite not being able to read oh, cuz that's the other thing. She can read things, not people and not forged objects, but she can read items like like regular items. Yeah. But she's still very good at reading people like in the non-literal sense. Which
2: Except is... for Severin. She can't read that Severin's horny for her. She could read everyone else like, uh,
0: it, it, I Listen, I'm, I'm the, the whole Severin and Layla thing, I'm just, I'm kind of like, it's YA, right? Like it ha- something yep. had to exist. And, and to be honest, at first I thought it was like her and Tristan because of the whole thing at the beginning where he like put Goliath, his his giant tarantula in her room and she was like mad at him about it. And she like went and made him apologize and was being all kind of like, it seemed to me flirty. And then I realized after the fact, it was more like she was treating him like a younger brother, right? A very, very much younger brother, child, like a child, younger brother where she is like older teenager but at first I thought it was that and then they brought in the Severin and Layla thing and I was like oh okay so so that that that's her that's that's what we're doing here okay mm-hmm. yeah. I don't wanna, well, I don't want to talk about that too much because it's like it's a YA trilogy it's so. YA
2: it has romance I just you know on the that same is mind- the least
0: interesting romance so far let me tell you
2: I mean in the realm of like Inej and Kaz this is like the romance that I would have wanted as a kid where like you know the very brown girl is the romantic interest and it's like fuck yeah and like the, the love interest always finds her like super attractive and like doesn't give a shit about anything else and so I'm like I'm like very here for it for that but also I read romantic fanfiction about anything and everything constantly. So like, I do love me a cheesy way romance. It's just who I am as a person. I mean, to be fair,
0: everybody finds Layla extremely attractive.
2: So. She's she's the, oh my God, she's not the mom friend. She's the milf friend.
0: <laughs> Can you say that about oh. who's, who's- She's 18, you're allowed. I, well, no, no, no. I just mean she's not. She's not technically a mother, right? like Yeah, but if
1: friend. she's a mom friend, then she can be a milf friend.
0: This is oh.
2: true. Also, Tristan is, for all intents and purposes, hot tics, child. Hot takes. It's
1: a, to it's a milf, milf. i I'm putting, I'm
0: putting this on Twitter. <laughs> That's so great. Okay, so. For right now, we don't know these characters super well, right? We get very quick introductions to all of them. Any other thoughts about Layla before we move on to? Let's go. We'll go to Severin, I guess.
2: I love her.
0: Did <laughs> you I
1: love a friend.
2: I love her, and now she's Indian, so it's just me. Hello! Yay! Sorry, guys. Love you yourself. Just, That's great. Let me just rip open my back seam. I'm gonna come hang out. Also, I watched um, Multiverse of Madness over the weekend, so reading, like, this with, like, the back seam, all I could imagine was some eldritch horror being, like, crawling, just, like, unzipping at the back, and then just eldritch horror. I I know that's not what's happening, but I, I just needed to put that cursed imagery out there so you guys could also suffer
0: with me. Thank you.
1: Gee, thanks. Mm.
0: You're welcome. So... Severin, I'll be honest. At this point, is probably the least interesting of the POV characters. He's he's a little angy and a little drama and a little. I, he's a little he's a little bit of a lot of things. I don't dislike him, but yeah. like he's he was kind interesting. of at this point, he's very
2: unremarkable. He is the remarkable thing about him is that he's like a mixed kind of what would technically be a bastard child except his dad and his mom were actually married, but also I don't know if they were. Did they ever specify that? I don't know. He's he's kind of like, like that's the spiciness. The spiciness is literally like the Algerian spice thrown in there, and that's all. And like, don't just get me wrong, bit. I don't dislike him. I, I love me a good emo angie boy, but he's also <laughs> currently just an emo angie boy. There's nothing
0: really... Else happening, I do like yeah. that they they don't give him a ton. He's he doesn't have an insane number of Poe chapters over any of the other characters, right? Yeah, I did like that. I also do like how he gets like the Zinger
2: line because like when Hypnos is handing out everybody like their roles for that final heist at House Core, and it's like basically roles that are like the antithesis. It's like the stereotype of what everyone is viewed by the Western world. And where Hypnos gives that, and he's like, this is a great plan. And, like, Severin sees that, and he gets it. But everybody else is just like, what the fuck, dude? You stereotyped us. What the fuck? And, like, Severin basically does that whole, like, like he gives a little speech where he's like, oh, like, when you pretend to be what they want to see, they're not going to notice you. And you can do what you want. But we're going to get the power, and then they'll be forced to look at you. And that... That speech, uh, that was the moment where I was kind of like, all right, Severin, you do get it. Okay, you're not just an angry boy because who, Because he's not rich. But he
0: is rich. He got all of his money when he came of age. Yes, he did. So... He's an angry boy because he doesn't have his rich boy title. Nick, what about you? So your thoughts on Severin, like...
1: You know, going back to the comparison between this book and Six of Crows, like, obviously it's not the same thing, but I loved Kaz and Severin just isn't at that same level, but fills that same role. Mm -hmm. And so like, I want more depth and dimension to Severin because I really, I want to like him. I think the whole like being disinherited thing and uh, potentially getting that, having an opportunity to get that back is an interesting piece, but it needs more than that for him to really be a compelling character to me.
0: Yeah, well, I think that some of that is also... Kaz is a self-made person. Yeah. He had to be. Whereas Severin, don't get me wrong, he went through some shit with all his shitty foster homes, but he also as soon as he came of age, he got, you know, oh sure. He, he, he had his inheritance in terms of being the head of house vamp taken away from him. Right. But he still got a fuck ton of money. Like they couldn't keep that from him. Right. Right. So, and I'm not saying that he's not doing some good things with it. And, and I do think there, there is, there is maybe a little more depth to him than you see at first glance, just because, he i think that with with ha- having all those terrible experiences that he had and he did have tristan along the way so he has this like need to protect little tristan little mm-hmm. you know tristan who can't protect himself but then he also he has gathered these people around him and he cares for them and he is so scared that they're going to leave him when you know everything is finalized and and they all get their money and and everything and he is desperate kind of to keep like he knows Tristan will stay but the rest of them like he's he's a little bit desperate to keep them around he you know Layla obviously especially because gotta have that Mm -hmm. YM love story or whatever but the other but the others too like he he thinks about yeah. he thinks about Sophia, he thinks about enrique and he knows that when he comes into if he gets back into the head of the house you know position that he can give them everything they need or they could need or want to go on their way and he both he wants to do that but then he's also so afraid of them leaving him when it does happen and he's like constantly trying to convince himself that but maybe they won't leave me, right? It's so funny,
2: because, like, in a way, he's, like, the character who should be the most sure of himself in that group, but he's, like, built up this narrative of self-doubt in his head, where he thinks that he's only a resource for everybody else, and he kind of, like, glosses over a lot of their friendship, because he's, like, oh, they can't possibly, like, value me the same way that I value them, because, like, You know like i'm a resource and like all of that like makes him a lot more interesting i think because like that the fact that like he's literally like the rich white boy of the group but he's the one who seems to have the most social anxiety and insecurities about like his status in this friend group like he obviously knows he's the leader but i don't think he understands that he's also everybody's friend and i think that's the part that's really lacking And because of that, like, it's so funny, like, the contrast between his POV and Enrique's, because there's that moment when Enrique's like, and of course, when he's, like, the new head of the house, he's gonna need a historian, and it's gonna be me. And then meanwhile, meanwhile, like, poor Severin's sitting there, and he's like, will Enrique stay? I hope he does. I can make his friends like him more, (laughs) by giving him an in. And it's just, it's so funny to like see that contrast because it's like Severin, like, why are you so anxious, sweetie? Like, you're your friends, they love you. But he's like, ah, and I I kind of- But a him. lot
0: of that definitely comes from his, his early rejection as Absolutely. not being head of this house that he was raised to be head of. And then, of course, we get the one-by-one stories. And I, I don't think we get all of them in the first- three parts of the book. So I don't want to touch on those right now, but like we do get the one by one stories of all of his foster parents. Mo- seven deadly most, foster fathers. Mo- yeah. Mo- most particular, mo- yeah. Seven deadly foster fathers, most particularly like the, the men of the family, like some of them have wives mm-hmm. and some of them don't, but we'll, we'll touch on that for sure. When we cover the end of the book, because I don't want to get into stuff when there's definitely a few uh, left that, haven't been discussed, but he's very much somebody who was rejected and abused at a young age. And despite the fact that he has come into his own, he has money, he has a created this place for himself and for his friends. He's given people chances and everything. He doesn't like, he see, he, I think it's like deep down, he knows what he's done, but he isn't, He's still, he's still unsure of himself, right? So mm-hmm. I agree with Nick. It's like, I don't love this character, but I also feel like I'm, I'm hoping, my hope is that as the series goes on, we'll learn more about his motivations and just him as a person and kind of feel a little more regarding yeah. him.
2: Yeah, at this point I'm like intrigued but not hooked. Like like mm-hmm. I'm I'm like like I'm sitting there, I'm ready to
0: drink the Kool-Aid, but I'm like, where's the Kool-Aid? So you mentioned Enrique. So let's let's go to Enrique next because Oh <laughs> like happy little bye boy.
2: Like I
0: love Enrique. So happy. He's having so much just- panic. Just, like actually, like I said, Zofia was my favorite, but I think that I don't know. I think Enrique might be, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like a hard toss up between I between the two of them, because I feel like I see myself in both of them. Right. And mm-hmm. like Enrique doesn't have the forging abilities, but he's really smart and he loves history and he's used his very large brain and his knowledge of historical artifacts and history in general to Do some really fucking important things for this little crew. Can we give them a name? Can we please give them a name? That's not just
1: call them the wolves for now. I
0: don't know. I feel like I don't know. I like I I feel like what else are you gonna call them? I know just because that's what the book trilogy is called, but I'm not feeling it. I'm going to call them the cookies. The cookies. They're all cookies. Cookies. The cookies. They're, they all, cookies. Cookies. they're all cookies. I okay, like they're it. Little cookies. That's where we're going. They're right.
1: little cookies.
0: Yeah. So, so So Enrique might not have any powers, but he's a super integral part of the group so much so that when they go to the very first little mini heist, quote unquote, that is pulled off, Enrique is the only one that Severin takes and i think that
2: says a lot mm-hmm. and also to like to speak to hypnos initially like enrique's the only one Severin takes uh-huh. it seems that when in, that like when Severin needs to pick like one person and just one person to be with him
0: it's enrique and that's i mean i think some of that is because of his overprotectiveness of tristan mm-hmm. and, and his knowledge that zofia Probably wouldn't be able to handle social situations with the grace that Enrique always seems to, honestly. And then with Layla, I think it's again that like overprotectiveness. Yeah. But in a obviously in a different way. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it might be overprotectiveness and it might also be just like jealousy. Like, <laughs>
1: can we just like YA authors? Can we please just, like, have one book where we don't have to have the, like, male and female leads be in some kind of romantic relationship? Just, like, once.
0: Well, I think there's non-romance YA. I would suggest – have you watched Heartstopper yet?
1: I haven't yet, and it's, like, super high on my list because everybody is, like, this is amazing.
0: It is – I mean, it's not, obviously, like, fantasy, sci-fi, whatever, YA – in that respect but it is at the very least it is not male and female like straight male straight female
1: that's good and i I think to that point i think that my gripe is that it seems like in every fantasy ya novel and i'm sure there are exceptions but it feels like in every ya fantasy novel there has to be a pairing
2: well, okay, so I have a bit of a theory about this, and here it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna spit some facts <laughs> and also some opinions that I'm going to present as facts because I'm going to say them with confidence, and none of them are offensive.
1: I so love I'm it. Let's do this.
2: Presenting them as fact. Um, I love it. Like YA basically started as like a way for like female oriented stories to be able to be told, especially female oriented stories for young girls in a fantasy and sci-fi place where we space where we were told that we were not allowed to be the main characters and an integral part of the female experience is also being told that you only have value in a romantic relationship and thus being a young woman constantly seeking a romantic relationship and feeling like that is a requirement for you so because of that i think all of those have come to be the ya trope of main character girl always ends up with main character boy because that is what girls reading those books were thought, taught to want that is so therefore that is what the people who grew up to wrote the write these books continue to write and to think that people want and nothing and while obviously now you do have you know queer YA books because that also needs to mm-hmm. happen That romance aspect is still integral because, unfortunately, our society has still not veered away from that as a young, like, teenage person. The focus for young people has always been you grow up, you get your job, you get married, you have kids, you know? So, like, that idea that you need to find a relationship to be a full person, since that is so intrinsic, that also happens so much in YA stories. And I think because YA is specifically, you know targeted at that younger group, romance is an easy way to get the kids invested.
1: One, you just make a lot of really great points. Mm-hmm. And two, like it is I, I do have to also remind myself that when you're at that stage in your life, romance is a really I mean romance is often an important part of our experiences, right? If you are, allosexual and or alloromantic but at that stage in your life like your hormones are going all that stuff so it does make a lot of sense that like romance is going to be a central theme and I think you make some excellent points about how particularly because YA is an area where non-men I'll say have had an opportunity to write stories for themselves and to share viewpoints other than the sort of more stereotypical cis male perspective it does give us that opportunity to see things that aren't always portrayed and so completely agree on all of those points i would love to see less ya novels where well where frankly a, a cis male is still centered in the story or and or the romance but i agree with your points and i think it's a very important aspect to what we're looking at
2: Mm -hmm. i also do gotta say um read more ya because honestly like that stuff absolutely does exist and there is more of it now i like recently read a ya book called hot dog girl where um spoilers for hot dog girl by the way, but it's about a bisexual disaster girl and her lesbian best friend, and she works at a water park where she has to dress as the amusement park hot dog mascot, and she is in she has a huge big gay crush on on a boy. And so the whole book is her trying to like get this friend to like help her like dupe this boy into liking her through some like crazy scheme, and by the end she realizes that she's in love with her friend and it's just it's really really cute and it's really really YA and it's one of those things that like you know there are other things in the genre that does exist and that's awesome and I think you know the good thing is that like YA is a really really great place for these authors to like decentral- decentralize stories about white, white men and even though you do have a lot of white men love interests there are other books where like you know that's not the case anymore, which is also exciting. And I just, I love that. I love that for YA. And the other thing is that like in, like, in sort of like the realms of like things that are like kind of looked down on, literarily speaking, is like, you know, fantasy with like, like, and obviously, this is like a very like classic old timey definition, but like, you know, classically speaking, like the female fantasy hero is kind of like, bleh, we don't like that. Classically speaking, romance novels, bleh, we don't like that. So for YA to go, fuck you, we'll do both is just like power move. Yep. And absolutely. Heck yeah, read more. Ya, that's all I got. say, honestly,
1: one, I'm absolutely adding Hot Dog Girl to my list because that sounds amazing. Uh, also, I'm going to do a quick plug for my friend uh, Jazia's book. She just it just came out her uh, graphic novel Gal- Galaxy, the prettiest star. It's about uh, it's a DC superhero book, but it is about a trans superhero. And like, super quick, I'm gonna read the back of it just because I love it. It takes strength to live as your true self and one alien princess disguised as a human boy is about to test her power. And...
0: I love it already.
1: I'm super excited about it. What
0: what age range is it for? This is totally off topic from our Gilded Wolves discussion. Yeah, sorry Sorry. everyone
1: who's listening for our Gilded Wars take, uh, Wolves take. I would say very young. Like... Oh, okay, okay. I'm not sure exactly how young I would say, but like if, if... easily middle school um you potentially younger than that
0: anyway so what what is the name of it again
1: the prettiest star
0: galaxy the prettiest star okay like you're already plugging it let's plug it (laughs) yeah exactly plug all the good things okay so going back to Enrique just briefly I mean again happy happy smart bye boy who very clearly has attractions to both Hypnos and Zofia just saying which is just like I love that like listen if you're gonna give me a love triangle in a YA novel like I could care less about Severin and Layla like what I want is what's going to happen with Enrique and Zofia and Hypnos. <laughs> See,
2: my interest with Severin and, Zof- and Layla was like, I'm ready for the juicy drama and misunderstandings that these two idiots are going to do. And then they're going to end up happily ever after. Because if they don't, that would be an affront to YA. Mm-hmm. But but for for Enrique, Severin and Zofia... <laughs> I can't wait to see what this dumpster fire does, and I'm sitting here like hoping for like the happy poly triad, but also like
1: yes.
2: since we're centering yeah, on like two God. bye boys just like having a good
0: time and like very confused Sophia being like, why? I really what don't think Sophia cute? could put up with hypnosis like that. Like she very clearly enjoy. Like she's like, yeah, we're friends, dude. Like we're so cute. She but voice, but also is care. like. I, I I don't see Sophia putting up with like happy poly triad, but at the same time, I am I am here for a YA love triangle that, well, actually, isn't,
1: that isn't We could get we could get Happy poly Hinge though, where Zofia oh, yeah. isn't connected to Hypnos, but she is connected to Enrique and Enrique is with just both,
2: dating of them. both of
1: them. And I feel like that could be like I, based on what we've read so far. I feel like that could be really positive. I love that. I love
2: that for Enrique. I also love the idea of Zofia and Hypnos just like scheming together to make Enrique happy. Yes. Seeing BFFs around it. Like,
0: I love it. I love all of this.
1: Enrique is my favorite so far. Yeah. I know I I said Zofia was, but
0: honestly, it's it's Enrique. I think it's the historian thing. If it
2: wasn't (laughs) for the fact that like Layla just hit all of my like not being seen feels, Enrique mm-hmm. would hit it right, right next to there because Enrique basically does for like the whole Victorian Paris is beautiful setting what I always want to do, which is rip it apart. It's just a
0: bunch
1: yes. of
2: colonists. And And Enrique being this, like, little ball of rage about how everything is stolen. Everything's fucking stolen. Give it back. It's fucking stolen. I want my Filipino friends to like me, but I don't look Filipino enough. But I want them to like me. And I just... I love that so much. And like, obviously, growing up, being born and raised in the United States does not give me like the same experience as like being mixed does. But Enrique's conflict of being of the colonists and also of the colonized is like very much the dichotomy of like living effectively within the colonized world and assimilating to it and like effectively approving it implicitly by participating in it. And then not Mm -hmm. being that, and just God, I love Enrique a lot. He's doing his best. He's having so much bipanic. I just, I love that for him. I mean, I don't love the love of (laughs)
1: bipanic.
2: I don't don't love that he's panicking, but I do love the moment where he's just like, "Oh shit, Sophia's
0: lips are red. What the fuck? Why am I noticing this?" (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let's
0: move on real quick. Because I want to touch on Tristan and Hypnos, who aren't POV characters, but I want to touch on them real quick because they are kind of main characters. So, Tristan, the only thing, the only vibe I get from him is like introverted plant and animal lover, right? Like Intro- I, I, introverted odd spider friend.
2: Yeah. And and we're a (laughs) friend who's in bugs. They bring bring bugs inside, and you're like, put them outside, please. And he's like, but you're so cute.
0: And you're like, actually, no, they're kind of slimy, bud. Like, why are you doing that? It reminds me of the time (laughs) my ex, we had to kill a black widow, a black widow spider that we found in our garage. And he insisted on giving it a Viking funeral in the creek in our yard. (laughs) (laughs) I just remember standing there and being like, yes, I will participate in this with you. But you realize that we had to kill a very murderous spider that was living in our garage. (laughs) In my um,
2: making of my Zoya Kefta video, I had to cut out some footage of me just lying on the floor and like talking to a spider in my basement and like playing with it and stuff. And I had to
0: cut it out because I was like, "Uh, people are probably afraid of spiders and this is going to be upsetting. (laughs) But yes, speaking of afraid of spiders, everybody is everybody in the crew except for Sophia. I'm sorry the, the the cookies all the cookies except for Sophia are a little bit anti Goliath 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 yeah Sophia's kind of just like eh whatever it's it's a thing like she doesn't have any affinity for Goliath but she also isn't scared of him his vibes are very chill she's yeah. like a
2: solid serene purple Meanwhile, Lila's just like, no, you can't pay me. Enrique is like, scream and scramble onto couches. And Severin is just disappointed staring into the distance. And Hypnos is like, if I befriend Goliath, will you be my friend?
1: <laughs> I just want friends, you guys.
0: <laughs> Poor Hypnos. I feel so <laughs> Hypnos is like, we'll hold Spider for friendship. So we don't really get much about Tristan because, again, yeah, no V but the most insight we really have to him i think
2: was like pet spider um like he's off when they go to the garden and start to do the garden stuff he's like capitalized violently against this heist for unknown reasons or no 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 no, because he has a bad feeling end quote and there's also um oh there's so the one uh, one of the parents that we do get in this section is wrath who is tristan's biological dad and he's the one who tortures them with like the weird like mind control Phobos helmet that comes up in the end again and like there's that whole thing that like evil french man who like kidnaps tristan at the end is like yeah i broke his mind and i was like dude what the fuck and he was like yeah his mind was already fragile and i was like dude what the fuck and I was just like, "This this got dark real fast." Is Tristan yeah. okay?
0: No, he's not.
1: Tristan is he's not, not okay.
0: I feel I feel really bad for him. He was not okay for basically like the whole last time. He was okay the first like before before Severin made the deal with Hypnos and they started making yeah. the plans. He was okay, and then
2: and then he then he, was, and then he stopped it. sleeping, and then he wore a torture hat again unwillingly. That's a bad
0: yeah. hat. So I feel like I feel like we're gonna have more to say about Tristan after we finish this book. <laughs> so we'll talk more about him in a couple weeks. But before we move on to other things, one last character: Hypnos. Let him. okay hey, again. I want to be part of your. I want be part of the cookie so bad. Let me in. He just he just wants to be a cookie. He wants to be. The
1: a a he gets introduced as kind of like a dick. Yeah, like he tricks and into doing all this stuff but then all he really wants is friends
2: it's so funny because like he shows up and you're like wow mastermind manipulator and then yes, you experience exactly. him for two seconds and you're like oh no he's just a large golden retriever who wants friends
0: yes yeah well um, i wouldn't go with golden retriever i would go with like You know, a border collie. Border collie is a good example. Once, like Saka, my dog Saka, perfect example. He wants to be friends with everybody, but he's super bad about going about it. Right? Like he's really obnoxious and (laughs) doesn't do things right. And Saka, I'll be your friend. Like, that, that's that's how I picture him. He is, he is a border collie who, and he also, he likes his stuff. He likes his things. He likes his items. We get bits and pieces of this. But what's intriguing about him, the reason why he is in this mindset, right, is because him and Severin kind of had to be tested around the same time. But Hypnos, I think, was first. And they tested him, and he was the heir of House Nix. And then they were like ah, shit, well, we can't have two mixed-race house heads. That That's literally what it was. That's literally what it was. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the thing that squicks me out about it the most is that you know that if, if it had happened closer together, if they had done it at the same time, it would have been Hypnos that they rejected because he looks less like a white person. And it's just like... <laughs> but they also, you know, he says they track everything I do. It, it seems to me, and I mean, Nami, correct me if I'm wrong, or Nick, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, it seems to me that the the way they are keeping track of him is not they don't do this to the other house heads, yes, right? They never have. They're just mm-hmm. on his ass because he doesn't look the way they want or need or expect him to look, which is just. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the perception we have. So he's he's and alone. He's yeah. alone
2: in the world. Yeah. an argument could be made that it's because he's young, but we know the truth. Yeah, because he's black. Thanks, yeah. I hate it. But yep. like, I think the like not quite confrontation, but like that moment that he has with Severin where he's like, "You were right. There could have only been one." I I'm sorry, I didn't believe you kind of thing was like you know that moment where like like i was saying like when severin like says that line about like matching what their expectations are so you can actually get the power and then once you have the power they're forced to see you for who you actually are like just that seems like such a good thing of hypnos that like right now he has the power so he's going about being as unapologetically flamboyant as he can be about his Mm -hmm. position and like just being excessively reveling in that wealth because he's like, "Look at me, you
0: can't stop me, bitch." <laughs> yeah, you can watch me and you can keep exactly. an eye on me, but you can't stop me.
2: But oh my god, yeah, but he's so lonely, poor, yeah. Poor, yeah. poor, lad. He's so lonely. He just wants friends. Like I swear, there, there's that moment in the book where you, you're reading this and you're like, "Hypnos is an asshole and he's manipulative," mm-hmm. and oh no. And then you see him interact with them and his kicked puppy look just like every time yeah. they're like, well, they're like, we don't like you. And,
0: and it's just But that's like, the thing. It's, it's only Severin and Tristan who are anti him continuously, right? Yeah. The rest of them are, are not. Kind of reluctantly so. Maybe this was
2: me reading into it a lot, but Severin's more seemed like a nope, can't get close. He's going to hurt me
0: again type thing. Versus- yeah, I don't. I don't think it's anything anti-hypnosis as a person. It's more just like, no, you're think, not. Well, I think, I think- it's, it's, it's like you're not part of my. You're not part of my trusted crew. Like you're, you're like we're all chocolate chip cookies, and you're oatmeal raisin, dude. <laughs> Sorry, hypnosis Oatmeal raisin. You're, you're gonna trick us. Be, yeah. You're gonna trick us. We're gonna think that those are chocolate chips, but they're actually raisins. You yes. <laughs> asshole. <laughs>
1: I don't want a healthy cookie.
2: (laughs) Oh man, Hypnos just wants friends. I just,
0: I just give Hypnos his (laughs) friendships. That poor oatmeal raisin cookie just wants to be part of the chocolate chip bunch. (laughs) Well it's not even the chocolate
2: chip bunch, like Sophia's solidly a sugar cookie, she's not budget on that.
0: Well yeah, that's what she likes, right? But I'm talking about just let's let's talk about let's talk about cookies in terms of who likes what like who <laughs> yeah, actually wants like... an oatmeal raisin cookie except for my old ass husband.
1: I, I actually I, do like oatmeal raisin cookies.
0: I like them, yeah, but, but I don't want chocolate like chip better. Think, well
2: well yeah, of course
1: chocolate chip is exactly. better, but like sometimes you're like, oh, I want like a cookie that's sweet but also has some savory notes to it.
2: Yeah, no, no. I do like oatmeal raisin cookies, but if I am intending to eat a chocolate chip cookie and I pick up oatmeal raisin, I'm pissed. If I'm intending to eat oatmeal raisin and I pick up a chocolate chip cookie, I'm like, oh, well, calories.
1: At least it's chocolate chip. (laughs)
0: Exactly. <laughs> so we've gone long discussing the characters, which first book, first part of the book, whatever. But mm-hmm. I do want to touch on a couple other things before we close out. First of all, I am trying so hard not to have Temeraire flashbacks in regards to the the mentions of Napoleon. <laughs> God, kill me. And colonialism, because we dealt with colonialism a lot in the Temeraire series, but. Thankfully, this is a very different pers- perspective. Like it's more of a first person's perspective, particularly with Enrique's hot takes, but also with the exposition that they go to, which is based on a real thing that actually happened where they had like Negro villages and stuff. Like, and I'm I'm saying this historically this is not a term i would it was you know it was it was gross like they were they were it was a zoo it was a zoo
2: yeah i think for me the reason this kind of vibes very different from temeraire is because while temeraire does give you the narration of colonialism is bad it starts off with the narration of everything the west does is good and this book never starts with that right this book straight up starts with The West only has a Babel fragment because they stole it from one of the other places and thus destroyed a civilization in the process of taking this. Like, that's, like, the opening, like, arc of this book. Although, when you read that opening, you don't quite get that that's what would have happened. But, like, there's that, like, opening sequence where it's, like, and then the West has a Babel fragment because it was recovered and brought over here. And it's, like, presented as a history book, like a big, like, great thing but the moment you get into the actual text immediately it's like ah yes order of babel steals artifacts order of babel steals artifacts order of babel and the houses steal artifacts and removing a babel fragment from a place removes their magic and it basically crumbles their civilization and also we stole that for ourselves and yeah. it's like so like the the framework of this series was an entirely different vibe because while i always got annoyed at Temeraire because it started off with the like veneer of ah oh, yes we are British and we love our colonies this this book doesn't even bother it's like it's like ah oh, yep hello uh we're in Paris fuck Paris uh all right let's continue thank you
0: well Nick I don't think you've read as many of the Temeraire books as we
1: do. no I did not
0: so you got lucky there. So I, I just wanted to touch on the whole. Well, and they kept bringing up Napoleon too, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! It's 1889, y'all. Napoleon is how many decades dead? Like, did they bring up Napoleon? I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah. They they like quite a few times. Like when they were talking about the French Re- Revolution and the honeybee, whatever it was the the bee the little mm-hmm. bee pins that they're wearing they're like but that that was like a symbol that napoleon used he used the b you know as like one of his symbols and yeah it, it was it was quite a few times and i was like oh my god please don't let us get back napoleon.
2: i'm gonna be <laughs> I just, honest i did not even register it i i think i think
0: i still i i have a little bit and i'm i'm I, I hate to use this term lightly, but I have a little bit of PTSD from the
2: Temeraire okay, because I was about to ask you if you had Temeraire-related PTSD. Like, a little, bit, really, a little a bit, bit. A little bit. A little bit. Honestly, I, I think I, the only I, reason... i about three of those books. Yeah. Like, some of them but... are perfectly fine. And honestly, I'm going to be real honest. If this was me 15 years ago, I would have really enjoyed them all. Because I would never have gotten the books like gilded wolves that would have actually put me on the main screen and i would have been okay with mr lawrence being whitey mcwhitey pants and whitey mcboring pants in the middle of it all <laughs> that shit. but but like i think for me um since this is a gilded wolves reread for me i read these books way before temeraire so like that association was never even there for me mm. so like i'm not like reading these for the first time after reading temeraire i'm rereading them from the point of view, but these are some of my favorite books now. So like, to me, like, they're not even on the same, like, dimension. Like, they do not even exist in nice. the same multiverse. Like, like they're so far apart that the same watcher cannot even access them all because they're <laughs> in different multiverses.
0: Moving on from any mentions of Temeraire and Napoleon. Oh. Bleh, bleh. Real quick, I want to touch on this, like, secret shadow-cloaked order of Babel and the Babel fragments and the forging and how do we feel so far about the magic system? So this is
2: the one thing I find lacking in these books. I I do find the lack of a more concrete magic system frustrating as somebody who raved during Grishaverse about all the like little details we ended up getting later. That i really enjoyed i love a detailed magic system and i like that the base for this system despite being all the biblical stuff i like that they have there's like one throwaway line that i noticed this time that was talking about like how in order to be an effective forger you need to understand like the molecular and chemical like makeup of the material that you're trying to forge so forging is a lot more study based versus innate talent which is why someone like sophia is so good at forging because she's so good at studying and like hyper focusing on stuff like that that's really like the only concrete thing that you get about forging and frankly it reads very much as just a pretty much most magic as possible but some things aren't so go with it yolo and frankly if i didn't love everything else about these books so much that would have been a big turnoff for me but i do love everything else about these books so much cough the characters cough Layla Enrique Sophia hypnosis cough also Goliath who am I kidding I do love that little spider dude <laughs> listen I'm not that's the one difference
0: between me and Layla. I would let Goliath stay in my room there was a period yeah. of time where my ex and I don't ask me how we got on this because I could not tell you how but we there was like a week or two years and years ago where we somehow got on watching tarantula videos on YouTube and people who own tarantulas are, like, obsessed with their tarantulas. Oh, yeah. Like, they they say this thing, like, he's a little bit hair flicky. That's actually a term that they use. He's hair flicky. Like, they flick hairs off their legs or something. But, like,
2: so okay, I'm reading this said.
0: and I'm just, all I'm thinking is, like, trusted oh, as a tiktok tarantula influencer do you like it's it's how how is 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 goliath a little bit hair flicky or a lot hair flicky we'll never know i guess oh my god but yeah no uh yeah go watch, so we, go watch some youtube videos about tarantulas let me tell you i can't believe if i'm you gonna do this
2: now but yeah but yeah no um i'll admit the magic system i I get frustrated that there aren't a lot of details, but also since so much of the magic system is built into like the mythology of things, I like how it sort of also lets you just kind of go on an archaeologic free for all of being like most ancient shit is forged. Go forth and be wild kids. Summon a demon from a book. Let's fucking go. Turn it off with a feather. Let's fucking go. I, I do, I find, I found myself enjoying the fact that I could not figure out what the magic system would throw us with, but at the same time, I will always love a magic system with rules more, so that will be a frustrating thing for me, but I've I've learned to live with it.
0: So Nick, what about you? How did you feel about the forging and how it was presented, anything like that?
1: I think... Yeah, yeah basically i i don't i i prefer a system where we have an understanding of what's going on and and what its capabilities are and things like that it, and i i can appreciate a system where you allude to things and you can't fully know what's happening or understand why but you can kind of get a feel for it i feel like this doesn't doesn't really hit on either of those for me it doesn't give me the the crunchiness of a system where like, I know how it's supposed to work and we can have those fun details, but also though it doesn't give us enough of like the, if you're going to go in the other direction, like I want to have a more of a mystery about it.
0: Yeah. I'm kind of like, I'm, 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 I'm still not sure how I feel. And I think it's definitely something I want to touch on as we hopefully learn more about it. Right now, I'm kind of like, how the fuck are they doing all this? Like, they literally, it seems like they literally can do anything. And I I think that, again, it it was in the summary, like, as a brief, like, line, like, we're meeting all these prodigies, right? Mm -hmm. They're all prodigies, the people who we've met so far who can forge. So, I think that there is a lot of, it seems like they can do anything, but maybe it's just because these people are really super good at it. So, I'm definitely interested to see what happens in the future when we hopefully, hopefully learn more about the magic system. Okay. So last but not least, just because, and and I know there are going to be people here who haven't read the books of Babel, right. Who are listening to this as a podcast or Mm -hmm. watching whatever. But if you haven't read the books of Babel, read the books of Babel. And this, this season, our season three is called the lure of Babel because both of these series have that prominently. It's very different in Gilded Wolves so far, obviously, because the references to the Tower of Babel are more like literal. They are, it, they're talking about the biblical Tower of Babel in these books versus the, mm-hmm. mess of the tower that we read about in the books of Babel. But there are still some like little books of Babel reminders. The, how do you pronounce it? I, I mean, memo bugs is what I would say, but, I think Uh, the audiobook kept pronouncing it as Nemo Bugs. Nemo Bugs. Okay. I I, I was wondering if it was Memo or Nemo because it's hard to – it's like Mm -hmm.
2: M-N-E-M-O. Nemo Bugs are a
0: lot like the Sphinx's moths or butterflies in the books of Babel. Basically, they can record things and they can also help you view things, I think. Yeah, like
2: tiny little recording dudes.
0: Yeah, yeah, and literally, literally the sphinxes' not. Well, and also the police for the Order of Babel, which I guess are are they forged? I was I was a little bit unclear on that. The sphinxes that like if, if they feel like a forged object is stolen, they will come after you. Right, is kind of what I was gathering, but they are called the sphinxes. And I was like, "Oh well, sphinxes. That's oh yeah, yeah 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 the police. Yeah, yeah, the Order of Babel police. I don't quite have a read on what the deal is with them, but so we're the count cops. Yeah, so there was a lot of that. Enforce colonialism. <laughs> there are minimal references that are like super similar, but it was still nice to see like. These these little bugs are like this thing from from the books of Babel, and mm-hmm. they, the Sphinx is a thing. There they're, it which is also the Sphinx is being prominent is a little bit weird to me, only because these are two entirely separate series written in two entirely different ways. And is it like is the Sphinx only a thing because they because of like the area that the Tower of Babel was supposedly in, and they're bringing in that mythology it's I don't know it was very interesting to see like I wasn't expecting them to be similar at all other than okay they both literally talk about the Tower of Babel but Um,
2: I'm gonna be honest like I did not even clock Sphinx when I was reading it the first time and then on my reread I was like oh yeah that's what they were called that's funny (laughs) look look at that me me screaming me holding up my book shaking it in the air
0: it's a connection (laughs) well on that note do we have any last thoughts about the first three parts of this book before we close out it's a very action I have finished the book so it's a very action packed last section of the book it's short but action packed so I don't want to mistakenly spoil yeah, but That's what I'm would be a about. Bad spoil. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Any last thoughts on the characters, the magic stuff, anything? Let Hypnos in. Let
1: him
0: <laughs> in. He's been standing up. Let him outside be a, him so be a chocolate left. chip cookie or a sugar Orbeal cookie.
1: Oatmeal cookies are still cookies.
0: <laughs> let him complete his ascension to sugar
2: cookies so Enrique can have his sugar cookies.
1: Yeah, let him have this cook sugar
0: cookie. Mm. We'll see if Sophia also likes this particular sugar cookie. (laughs) Boys, (laughs) boys, sugar cookies.
1: Excited to—I don't know if that'll happen in the last chunk of the book, but I'm hoping for some romantic. It's a trilogy.
0: I'm hoping for some romantic oh, I, know that it's it's, not, I know there's
1: more books, Nami. I'm yeah.
0: just saying. <laughs> I'm hoping for some romantic connections that aren't this, like, back and forth between Severin and Layla. Yeah. Like, it's, Honestly, it's, it's not the worst YA thing I've ever read. It really isn't, but it's also no. just, like, eh, I don't care, really, that much. I could read a whole book of Enrique
2: just awkwardly tripping over himself and, like, noticing things about, like, Sophia and Hypnos trying to flirt, and Enrique
0: being like,
2: no, yes, no. So in
0: conclusion, I hate it. I love it. Yeah, in conclusion. You don't know me. I hate you. In conclusion, let Hypnose be a sugar cookie or whatever. All right. Once again, I'm Tara, along with Nick and Nami. Thank you for joining us for Sagas and Sass, and we'll see you in two weeks when we will be discussing the last few parts of The Gilded Wolves. Have a good evening. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to the Sagas and Sass podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Sagas and Sass.